Welcome to the Emerging Women Grace and Fire podcast, where we hear from brilliant women leaders creating big change in the world. I'm Chantal Pirat, your host, and I want to know who out there is working with fear? If your hand didn't shoot up, call me now. I want to know you because I feel like fear is a universal reality among women who are playing big, creating change, and dedicated to living a life of personal truth. If it's not in the stresses of work, of stepping into our leadership, of owning our true selves, it's in the fear-fraught news and media coverage of global events. It affects our choices, our decisions, and more than anything, I created Emerging Women so that we can all know that we have to face fear to grow, but we don't have to face it alone. That's why I'm so excited to have New York Times bestselling author and next generation thought leader, Gabby Bernstein, on our podcast today. She has written a book so timely, just its title makes me breathe a huge sigh of relief. The Universe Has Your Back. This is Gabby's fifth book, and one she says she wrote just as much for herself as for her readers. Today we talk about what she calls her shittiest year and how she embodied the practices in her book to heal herself through it. She shares a few of those practices with us, including a powerful reset button called Forgiving the Thought and her two go-to steps for releasing fear-based blocks and becoming a joy magnet. Humility, connection, authenticity, it's all right here. So get ready to become your own alchemist and transform fear into faith with the fierce and fabulous Gabby Bernstein. Hello, Gabby. Welcome to the Emerging Women podcast. How are you? Thank you for having me, sister. So good to be with you. Thank you. I'm so excited to dig into this book because it's so relevant for me right now. You know, it's funny. I think, you know, a lot of people ask me, like, what's different about this book and how is this new beyond your other books? And I think you just answered it, which is that it's so relevant for where we are right now. And it's the, the first time I feel like I've written a book that's like extremely timely, what we need in this moment. So you kind of nailed it already. <laughs> well, I mean, it's the thing, you know, universe has your back. Everybody wants to hear that. And you're transforming fear to faith. The, the whole country right now is in feels like fear mode. You know, the media is just pumping everything up. We're seeing too much. I'm even on Facebook and I'm like, I don't want to see that right now. And so, but once you see it, it's in your consciousness. And so we need practices to be able to create the alchemy here. Otherwise I just feel completely paralyzed and in this box of negativity that cycles through. And so I'm just really excited to hear, you know, more about the practices, And maybe we should start with why for you personally has this come through? This is your fifth book? This is my fifth one, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so so that was why it spoke to me because I'm, you know, feeling a little overwhelmed with a lot of the stuff that's coming out there. But then I feel so hopeful when when I get something, you know, a piece of work like this. So tell me why this spoke to you as your fifth book and then what you mean also by From Fear to Faith. 
Well, it's, you know, you're kind of asking me all the perfect questions because, you know, one of the, the things that, that came up for me while I was writing this book was that I used to think that I wrote my books for what I intuitively felt my readers needed. And this book I wrote for what we need, for what I need and I know we all need. And so I, I had this experience of almost writing this book for myself. And I wrote the book during a, a year that was the toughest, most difficult year of my life. And I think that's probably one of the great blessings that has come through because in the process of writing the book, I healed myself and I used the practices in the book and I applied the principles and I showed up for what I was preaching because I won't share anything that I haven't fully embodied and experienced in my own life. And so the the year that I spent in practice was also the year that I spent in, in creation and so this, this is a sort of an extension of my own personal recovery and uh, a, a great deep dive into how I stay connected to God. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think like you said already, it's like we, we've, needed, we've all needed this more than ever. Mm-hmm. So what was tough about the year? Um, you know, there's a lot of details in this story, but uh, I, went, I went through a, a really scary time of... Um, losing kind of losing control and not knowing what was going on in my life and hitting a lot of different small bottoms to ultimately hit a big bottom. And at the end of it, I um, had an experience of remembering trauma from my childhood. And so I was sort of, you know, talk about facing fear, right? This is probably the, one of the scarier things to go through in life is to have a a trauma recall. And Uh um, so in the, in the humility of that bottom, I was finishing this book and um, writing it for myself, you know, writing it to heal myself and writing it to remind myself that, you know, in the presence of that fear, I can transcend it, return to to love and return to my spiritual faith any day, no matter what's going on in my life, I can always have a sense of certainty that I'll be supported. And so uh, I don't actually, um, I actually finished the book before I remembered the trauma. So I was hitting bottom big time. And then a month after submitting the book, the memory came in. So it was like, um, I was, it was almost like the the lessons in the book were preparing me energetically for what was coming. Yeah. So so I don't talk about it in the book. That's another book. (laughs) That'll be a whole other book. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds like another book. But I was on your Facebook page. I don't know when this was. It was maybe just a few days ago. And you had a post on there that, you know, it was like, get ready after expansion comes contraction. Or you said, you know, be ready to shrink. I think that was on yours. God, I just having a moment. Somebody sharing some profound wisdom. (laughs) Yeah. And I just thought that was interesting that often when we create something really big and we've, we've really put a lot of process and internal thinking and heart into something that we can, I don't know if the word backwards is the right step or inwards or deeper, but we, you know, a lot of output we need to recover and we need to heal and we need to kind of reduce. So maybe that's more of a positive thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that, you know, anytime that you're putting together, you know, you put on these amazing, you know, life transformational events, or if you're writing a book or if you're, you know, creating something that's in the service of others, you have to sort of go through your own kind of alchemy and you have to have your own 
um, your own uh, sort of resurrection and the process of the creation. And so it's, it's not um, it's not uncommon that stuff comes up when you're putting putting out your vulnerability and your truth. Right. It's just such an ass kicker because you're putting everything you have into the creation. You're like, what? Now I got to do this? Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it brings you closer, you know, yeah. brings you closer to what is real. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned humility and there's a part in the book where you make a call for that. And I love that because it's something that I think collectively women in particular, that's what I think that is a superpower for women. And I know there's, it's kind of a double-edged sword because too much humility and then we don't step into our power. But I've always been of in the camp that you can ride humility all the way to the top and meaning, you know, just on the outer world, but more importantly, in terms of connection to spirit. And I love that you call this out. And you give an example and you say this is absolutely essential for spiritual practice. So I'd love to hear yeah. you talk about that. First of all, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because preparing some of my talks for this book tour, and you just reminded me that this needs, that our talk needs to be in this, you know, the spiritual humility yeah. needs to be in this. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I'm adding that. I'm going to add that to my talk. Um, you know, just tell the truth and tell these stories and, so, you know, in the book, I tell a lot of honest stories, as you know, and yep. I get real and I, um, I, I tell stories of things that maybe things that you may not ever want to speak out loud, right? Yeah. Um, and this story was one of them. It's like, I got a call from a, from my publicist saying that like somebody I admired and respected that I wanted to do with this with was, you know, saying things like, you know, we think that she's entitled and we think, you know, she's got this attitude or whatever they were saying. And, you know, the ego part of us wants to say, what the fuck are they talking about? You know, I'm so clean, whatever, and defend, right? Because the ego wants to defend against the illusions of others. But our higher self has the spiritual humility to, to, to humbly look at that mirror reflection and ask, what do I need to learn from this? And so I, I chose the path of the universe rather than the path of ego. And in this situation, I, I really, really humbled myself to get deep into the practice of, of what, what's up, you know, what is it that I need to heal? And then also to, in addition to looking at my side of the street and getting honest about what was up for me, I also put myself on this path of, of forgiving the person who said this about me because you know, I could have had my own beliefs around like what their agenda is and their stories. And so I wanted to go there. Of course, we want to defend ourselves. And the only way to really own that spiritual humility is to forgive the messenger. And yeah. so I went on this beautiful practice of just, of just like sending love, sending gratitude, sending joy, you know, really cultivating this practice of cutting the cord between me and that relationship, knowing that, uh, that, that, that love could dissolve the boundary. And so in my meditation, I would just cut the cords and I would send light and I would um, feel gratitude for what they had given me in, you know, in other, in other situations. And, and um, it cleared it, it cleared it. The relationship just sort of miraculously healed uh, new opportunities with that entity came forward. Um, but more importantly, I was free and I was, and I was practicing spiritual humility. Yeah. Oh, it was so juicy. And I appreciate it because I think a lot of 
public figures. And I think this is, you know, there's some great examples of people like you and gosh, Glennon Doyle Melton and Liz Gilbert, people really stepping forward with what I call radical authenticity. But, you know, it's easy for people in the public eye to hide a lot of this stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and um, just talk about the content. But when I hear that, when I read that and so many other fabulous personal stories and I really appreciate that it's it's just such a fresh take and very helpful when you're talking about spirituality as well so yeah you know I don't really think I mean, my style of teaching is to tell how I fuck up so that I can teach people how I heal and then through my fuck ups and healing people can recognize their own and right. you know I don't I don't ever I will never 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 try to try to pretend that I am something that I'm not and I think that that's my commitment as a teacher. And um, I also know that it's the most valuable, most important thing for a student to see, to see for anyone, not just a student and a teacher relationship, for anyone to see somebody in their authentic truth, because that's where real healing occurs. And so while I have lots of lessons and practices and meditations and prayers, the greatest way that I teach is through being honest and authentic. Yeah. It's so nice. Okay, question. Can we ever really be free of fear? So, you know, the, the short answer is yes. I mean, there's people that we've known um, in our, you know, in our, in our, in our experience of, of being enlightened beings in the world. And they're, you know, we're not unfamiliar with what that looks like. But uh, I think that the majority of people here on this, on this, having this human experience are going to to live with fear and have fear be a, a role in their life uh, throughout their life. And the work isn't about necessarily abolishing fear. The work is about no longer believing in it. Uh-huh. And so when we get into the practice of reframing our fear and reorganizing our belief systems and, and shifting our perceptions and living through the lens of love, we not that we're, we're you know, immune to fear. It's just that when the fear comes in, we no longer believe in it. We can let it go. We can choose to see it differently. We can reorganize our, our experience. Right. So you talk about love as being, you know, the big antidote to fear and the belief in that. So this is where I think it's nuanced and daily practice, of course, is super helpful. But can you tell us in your body? I mean, I go to like the body. What's the experience of love for you? Is it just a, a mental conviction or is there something else at play where you know you're making that connection? Yeah, um, the experience of love for me is, um, so we can call it love, God, universe, divine, spirit, whatever you want, you know, energy. Um, for me, it is a full embodiment. It is, um, I feel God as a my, 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 my presence, my energy almost goes, my body goes numb. Um, there's a tingling in my hands that, um, I feel like I'm wrapped with a blanket of love and I feel, um, you know, just so taken care of and time is suspended. And, uh, I access that feeling through my prayer, through my meditation. And it's not the, the primary, uh, there's also this, this way of living in that love, not just on your meditation pillow. And I've been feeling that a lot lately because I've been sort of psychically activated because of this, the meditation commitment I've been making to myself lately, where you feel just sort of like you know, there's this swell of energy behind you and you're just being, doors are opening and relationships are unfolding and, and synchronicities are 
wildly magnificent. And, you know, you, you intuitively begin to hear not just your own voice, but the voice of the presence of the guidance within you and around you. And um, it's been, I've been very, very proud to say that as I come out with this book, I'm living this book. And so uh, I'm, I'm so glad that it was this shitty year that took me to write it. And then this, this light at the end of the tunnel that lets me bring it forth. Because now for the first time in in my life, I'm, I'm living in the most highly integrated connection to the universe I've ever known before. And um, I can speak about it. And it's something that I write about in the book, which is sort of, you know, a faith statement. I have the readers write a faith statement. And in, in my faith statement in the book is that the universe is an ever-present energy of love that is within us and around us, supporting us and guiding us and, and showing us where to go and what to do. And so that that knowing for me is what keeps me sane and safe and, and, and healthy and on path regardless of what may be going on in the world or what may be going on personally or what may be going on with my body or what may be going on with a relationship. I, I can lean back into that faith. Yeah. Okay. So let's say we've got somebody who's not really seeing, they may be experiencing the miracles and the synchronicities and all the doors opening, but they're not seeing it. Right. Cause I do think that can happen. And so they are in a dark place and riddled with fear. What, um, and I know you've got a great bonus meditation um, that we're going to send out with this podcast, but you, you know, what's like the go-to practice for me to just, you know, Tony Robbins has the cold plunge, you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. what's your go-to to shift out of that and move towards love? Well, you know, there's a whole chapter that I like to reference in the book that's called spirit, that spiritual surrender. And so there's two lessons in the steps for spiritual surrender that I think when combined can be a very quick comeback for you back to, back to peace and back to God. And so um, the first one is, is to take your hands off the wheel, right? So it's like, you know, our plans are in the way of God's plans. And so when we're feeling stuck in fear, or stuck in chaos, or, uh, you know, trying to control outcomes, the first step is to just take your hands off the wheel and you do that through prayer. And so there's, there's dozens of prayers in this book. And one would be very simply, you know, thank you universe for, for revealing to me what I need to know, or thank you universe for, for, for taking this from me. I surrender this, this outcome to you and just giving it over and, and transcending the control through the prayer and let that prayer be the medium for miracles. So, so giving it up and offering it up and turning it over is, 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 is the, is the opportunity that shows up when we, when we say a prayer. Um, and then the second step of this would be when, when, when we're, you know, in that place of trying to control something and we want to surrender to the universe or want to feel like that fear is lifted, we really take a look at the ways that we've been trying to, you know, look at an outcome or try to, you know, control a situation and instead say to ourselves, you know, really start redirecting that focus from what we want and long for to what we already have and really looking so closely at the magnificence and the joy and the love that's already within our life because what that focus redirect does is it it gets you into the absence of resistance. It puts you into this this, this direct connection to what's working and thriving and, and bringing you joy. And in that place of joy, you start to become a magnet for that connection to the universe. And so that type of simply, simply taking away from taking your focus off of what's not working and focusing on what you already have. Yeah. And, you know, you've mentioned this a couple times, you, and it's all through the book. It's, you know, connection. You want to stay connected, connected to the love, connected to the power in the universe that, you know, the spiritual, the, the energy that is bigger than ourselves that is actually in control and that we can depend on and, and kind of co-collaborate with. So, 
What about connection to others or connection to self? How does that, you know, I always feel like there's connection to God, there's connection to ourselves, and there's connections to others. And they all kind of play a role. So, well, I think I would say that, you know, the first, the first thing is that I, our number one connection being that connection to God. Because yeah. without that connection to God, then our connection to ourselves feels disconnected and our connection to others feels disconnected. Mm. And so... So if you put that relationship to God of your own understanding, and, and, and just to be clear, you know, if someone's charged by the word God, there's other ways to say it. And in this book, for the lack of that word, I would say universe, right? Uh-huh. Um, but, but, but connecting to, to that, that presence of your spiritual connection uh-huh. is what can ultimately navigate all the other relationships in your life, including the relationship you have with yourself. So if you're straight with God, then the rest will unfold. Uh-huh. I love that. I want to get into a little bit of the practical stuff again, because you have so many great practices here and you do talk about the nervous system and how important it is to, you know, regulate that. How is, you know, being trapped in a cycle of negative thinking or fear connected to the nervous system and how, how do you bring that in with your practices? How do you address regulating the nervous system and how do all these things work together? Well, when we're in when we're in a fear state, we're in a stress response. We're in fight or flight, and that that place um, is uh, toxic for our being and our our body and our presence. And it also is the number one way that we block our connection to the universe. Because what's what's happening when you're in a fight or flight stress state is that you are weakening your connection through the stagnant energy that's created, and so it's. It's a, it's, it's, that's why people, you know, say meditation is when you can listen to God because in a meditative state, you are still, you are peaceful. Your nervous system is reorganized. You are balancing your energy. And in that state of balance, that's when you can, that's when you can receive inner wisdom. And so, uh, the purposes of these, of these exercises are not just to, you know, raise the synchronicities and, and attract what we want, but to, to change the molecular makeup of our being so that our body can thrive and so that we can have that relaxation response, which we all need to just heal naturally and most importantly, be receptive to God. Okay. So here I am, I'm trying to stay in that space, you know, entrepreneur, there are a lot of our audience are entrepreneurs stressed out from either cash flow or raising money or launching or, you know, all the other things that I know you're super familiar with this that we go through. And then all of a sudden I'm like, God, I'm not open to God, you know, damn, <laughs> I'm not God, doing I'm it. Not I'm blocking, <laughs> right? I'm blocking yeah. it. I'm blocking it. That's why it's all crazy. So, yeah. but you have this practice of forgiving the thought, which I thought was just yeah. fabulous. So tell us about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a fun one. And um, you know, it's look at the thought and, and witness the thought and in the practice of witnessing the thoughts, you can you can simply just say, I, I forgive this thought and I choose to see this differently. And you can do that with every thought. You know, you can you can get you, you'll find yourself disconnected all day long, but forgiving the thought it's almost like a reset button. It just resets the whole stage for what you, you know, giving you freedom and permission to forgive yourself as well, because the thought is an extension of you and, you know, just giving that, giving that thought over and turning it over and choosing to see it with a lens of love and then beginning, you know, beginning again. And there's a lot about, you know, choosing again and the comeback rate. And that, that's a huge part of this practice. And when you say the prayer, do you remember it off the top? 
I think you have a prayer. I don't remember it, but I can I can riff on it. So, um, you know, when you have a thought that comes up and you want to forgive that thought, you can witness it, see it, see it, you know, feel it, you know, really take an inventory of it. And then very, very quickly, as soon as you're ready, saying, thank you, universe, I, I choose to forgive this thought. Thank you for helping me see through the lens of love. Something very simple like that mm-hmm. could just turn it over. Mm-hmm. So good. Okay, well, I know that you are on a packed book tour here. And I just want to say thanks so much for your work. It's very inspiring. It's very timely, I think, for me personally, but also for the world we're living in. So, yeah, it's been a real pleasure. Listen, thank you. I really appreciate all your support and the community that you've created. And and I just, I love you for all of it. Thank you. Yay, we're in it together. Yeah. I also want to let everybody know that there's, um, I'm giving, I'm giving away a six-hour digital course based on the principles of the book. So oh, great. Okay. <laughs> really beautiful. Yeah, six hours of training. And so then go to GabbyBernstein.com forward slash new book, and you can share this as well. Um, that's where they can get that six-hour bonus when they buy the book. So not only will you get to read the book, but you also get this six-hour training where I bring the book to life, tell the stories live, just really bring it uh, bring it forth for you so that you can have an experience of it if you'd like to watch or listen that's available for you in that training say the website again gabbybernstein.com yeah. forward slash book bonus okay and we will for those listening this should be in the notes on the podcast page so yeah. okay take care thanks Gabby yeah.